Pleasure Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Feldman, sex and pleasure coach, and I'm here to remind you of your natural birthright as a pleasure seeker. So listen on and create your most turned on orgasmic life. Right. This month, I want to create a dynamic conversation about food and pleasure. Start of the summer season, lots of people thinking about their body, trying to like reset for bikini season, if that's even a thing anymore. <laughs> um, maybe that's not your issue, but I'm pretty much guarantee most people have conflict with enjoying food on their own terms, creating pleasure with their appetite, with their plate, with their food in a way that serves them and doesn't kind of sneak around and like have them gluttonous and kind of like eating unconsciously. So all month long, we're exploring this topic of the intersection between food and pleasure, food and sex, food and arousal, food and big desire in your life and how it all interplays. So All month long, I'll be interviewing and having playful, fun conversations with different chefs and life coaches, weight loss coaches, um, desire experts, pleasure experts, and authors, and just creating a fun way to get all different perspectives on a subject near and dear to my heart. So enjoy. Penny Gamble! Hi! Woohoo! Except y'all don't even know how excited I am to have this magical mistress of the night. Ooh, I like that. Coming to join us. So um, today I want to talk about food and wine and desire Mm -hmm. and just like how we can incorporate this into like a bigger life purpose. So our pleasure doesn't get confined to a glass of wine or champagne or um, like settling down for what we actually, it's like a small version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and still really enjoying all the things that we want, the guilty, the quote, guilty pleasures. So yeah. Penny, tell yes. me a little bit about yourself, what you do in the world and how, um, how you see it. Okay. Well, um, first and foremost, I am a chef. I'm a, certified chef and I run a meal prep business where we make my husband and I make healthy meals for people. We've been doing that for, um, six years. And, um, I started the business when I was in culinary school and I actually was going to school and my husband was cooking the food for our initial clients. Um, so, and now we just, I finished school years ago and, um, so we, we do that. And then, um, you know, I just, I've had, I guess you'd say I had a drinking problem, honestly. Um, I don't like to say I, I, I don't really feel like I was an alcoholic. Um, technically, absolutely. I was, mm-hmm. but I have my own thoughts and feelings and theories on that. Um, I just don't really subscribe to that because it didn't help me. Um, I didn't feel powerless. Um, I just, but I knew I needed, you know, I just needed some tools. I was just missing Mm -hmm. some tools. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I 
got into the coaching world through learning how to deal with my urges with alcohol. And so I went from basically from drinking, um, I would drink every single night and I did that for over a decade and I didn't just drink. I overdrank. Um, I probably drank easily a bottle and a half of wine, if not more. I mean, might've been vodka, might've been something else, but, um, I mean, I could drink a couple of bottles and still function <laughs> the next day. Um, so, and then I got to a point where I actually was drinking, I was day drinking mm-hmm. and I'd wake up and have a drink just to get to normal, just to get to zero. Um, so I have been like, I've done the excessive blackout drinking and I've done just the, you know, just at night, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's been, it, it was a journey and okay. now I've come back to center with it. And so now I just, I drink about once a week mm-hmm. and it's something that, um, you really can do. Yeah. <laughs> So, and is your business, are you like, tell me a little bit, like just how you work with clients and just kind of the work that you find yourself doing now with desire and alcohol and buffering and urges. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I got certified as, Mm -hmm. as a stopover drinking coach and, um, I work with my, with clients as, as well as my chef business. I have a couple of clients that I work with. And, um, you know, they're, I mainly work with people who really, they don't want to stop drinking. They don't want to say I'm powerless over it. And I just help them to become an intentional drinker. Yeah. And so it really is, is about like, um, it's just awareness and it's, and it's doing, and it doesn't come, it doesn't happen the first time or the second time or the 20th time, you know, it, it's a process and, um, you know, I've, it's been a journey for me and I've noticed that even my own drinking has changed. Like I'll, I can drink, I can have a few drinks and I'll notice when it stops serving me and it doesn't, it's not feeling good. And so I work on that being intentional and present with it when you're drinking. Cause a lot of times when we go to have a drink or to eat something, we're, we're thinking we're going to be intentional about it, but then we just check out. Right. And then all of a sudden the food's gone, (laughs) your plate's empty. And you're like, you know, you've got this little bit of a buzz, but, and then you're left kind of with that food hangover and, um, and you know, what, what did it really do for you? You know, it's, it's, it's gone. <laughs> the moment's yeah. lost. Like, so, was it actually pleasurable? Was, was it? it actually, did you actually enjoy it? Um, exactly. It's almost like the anticipation for the drink, for the food is more pleasurable, is mm-hmm. more anticipatory. There's more desire there. And then the actual experience of it, we're not paying attention to it and we're not yeah. necessarily even enjoying it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to, well, I have not been drinking alcohol this month, um, in efforts to just, like you said, bring more intention to it and reset some things in my body, which have been problematic. (laughs) I just went to the doctor yesterday. I've been having all these stomach problems and I'm off coffee now, Mm -hmm. which is I'm dealing with. (laughs) 
<laughs> and caffeine and carbonated, anything carbonated, anything acidic, citrus, but alcohol's in there too. So, um, you know, signals from my body have been for a few months, like these are not good. This is not, yeah. I don't, this is hurting me. Not only is it a hangover, but, um, like it's actually pain in my body mm-hmm. and how easy it is for me to, ha- you know, override that because the desire was so strong for those things. Right. It's like fixating on that. And especially in efforts to not think about or not feel boredom or restlessness or anxiety mm-hmm. in my life. Um, so as I take these things out, I'm like, oh, there's that anxiety. There's the like <laughs> boredom at five o'clock, four o'clock, where I'm like transitioning into evening, six o'clock, mm-hmm. and my kids are crazy. I'm really like restless and anxious. That's mm-hmm. when I would want to drink. And so right. I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on what do you do with that desire when you feel the desire, you feel the urge and your higher brain is like, no, we're not doing that. This is going to hurt you. I decided not to do this. Mm -hmm. And then find that balance of like trusting yourself with your higher intentions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, oh, that is the million dollar question. You've got three minutes, go. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I can coach someone on for hours about it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's so much to delve into. But um, initially, so when you're, when you're in the middle of an urge and, you know, it's that, like you said, the kids are, (laughs) it's that restless time of evening (laughs) and the kids are going crazy and you just want to take the edge off with a drink. Um, and so you're just, you, you have this intention of, you know, I'm no, I'm not going to drink. And so, but in the, in that moment, that's when your lower brain is just going crazy. It's that toddler in your brain saying, I want it. I want it. I want it. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a few things that I, I do to get, to get over that hump. I, as Mm -hmm. it seems to be, um, And the first thing that I really had, I had to realize through time and time again of, um, it not going the way, you know, my, my ending up drinking, I was like, okay, why do I end up drinking? I mean, I know why I end up drinking, but what is it that in that moment I can't, I'm not willing to feel. And, and even before that, it's not even the feeling it's, I don't even get to the feeling. It's this chatter in my head that it's, it's like a, um, a debate. And so it's entertaining. Well, what if I did have, you know, like glamorizing the drink and thinking, okay, well, this would go so much better if I did have the drink. And, and so just trying to rationalize having the drink. Mm -hmm. Um, so that for me was just first realizing that if knowing that the urge is going to go away, if I first get to pass that chatter in my head and, and, and able to just feel the urge. Yeah. So it's so like, it's kind of a, feel it, just noticing you you're creating it, <laughs> noticing mm-hmm. the chatter. Yeah, exactly. So I first had to, to tell myself that I wasn't going to have that debate in my head and quiet that down. Mm. And then be like, okay, so that I could just like, let's just process this urge because the longer I sit and have this debate in my head, 
the chatter is just going to continue. And I can't, there's no allowing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's justification going on. <laughs> so, which is going to lead to a drink. Yeah. So, um, once you get, once you're able to just tell yourself that I'm just going to sit with this. I mean, like how, how bad really is it? Yeah. Um, you know what, and d- just describing the, the restlessness and the, um, the boredom or what, it, you know, whatever it is so yeah. that you can sit with it. And, and then I have, I do have a lot of different tools that you can use to actually allow the urge. But I think the the biggest thing for, for me was knowing that once I was able to learn how to develop that muscle of allowing an urge, it, it, an urge shouldn't last more than five to 10 minutes. If it's going on for more than 10 minutes, then chances are you've, you know, you're thinking about other things and then coming back to it and you're not, or, um, you're resisting it. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) if it's not going away. You know, what it reminds me of, it's like, of course, if you haven't had children, this is maybe not a great analogy, but when I was going through contractions, literally, this is what it's like. It's as bad as childbirth people. (laughs) No, but I'm like, oh, when I knew that that contraction was going to be 90 seconds, a very long 90 seconds at that, but like, I, it's like part of me could relax trusting that like, this isn't pleasant. This isn't rainbows and daisies. I'm not ecstatic here. In fact, it's very painful, but it's a wave. It's like going to come up, it's going to get bigger and then it's going to come back down. And it's, it's, I could literally time it, you know, Mm -hmm. and coupled with the tools of breath and awareness and like letting my body do its thing Mm -hmm. and animal roaring, (laughs) animal crazy (laughs) sounds coming out of my body. Um, it's like, like not resisting the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that's been this journey just most acutely this month where it's like, this sucks. This does not feel good. It is like a contraction where it's just mm-hmm. like my body's having an urge. And if I try and distract myself and drink kombucha and like say kombucha is so amazing and it's so delicious. I'm like, <laughs> it's not a glass of wine. Are you kidding? Me? Um, it's like, that's like the resistings of it versus allowing, okay, this is going to be terrible for a minute. And then it's going to come back down. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, even like, how terrible is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it really terrible? I mean, cause when you tell yourself when you're like, oh, this is, this is terrible. I can handle it. Like, yeah. is it, it's, it's restlessness. Yeah. It's a little bit of some anxiety. Um, but and, and so I think that's where like breathe, breathing through it and making sure that you're not like pain, noticing, are you clenching your jaw? Are you tighten your forehead between your eyes, um, between your, you know, your neck, you, your shoulder blades, you know? So I literally like the first time I successfully allowed an urge, um, I remember it very, very well. And I literally went and sat down on the couch and I went through this process of like, describing it to myself. What does it feel like? And, and noticing where in my body it was and how it felt. And then, and I just sat and watched it. So some of the tools are to become a watcher and watch it. And when you, when you switch from being the urge to watching the urge, because the urge isn't you, 
and you're not the urge. The urge is just a vibration in your body. So when you become the watcher that actually switches your brain to your higher brain so that you're using that prefrontal cortex to, um, observe, and then it takes you out of your body and you, you really kind of have to get below your chin and pay attention to what's going on in your body and get out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but you use your mind to do that. So by describing that, that helps you get out of your head and watching it gets you into your prefrontal and quiets down that toddler brain that is wanting yeah. and screaming and having the fit. And when you've decided, look, I'm not going to, you can, can scream all you want. We're not having a drink. Yeah. And the, the, the toddler does, you know, quiet down the to- the toddler finally falls asleep. <laughs> but I remember the first time I, I, when I, I remember looking at the clock and it had been 10 minutes that had passed and I was like, and it didn't come back. It was just, it was gone for the whole night. Mm. Um, and you know, the other thing about, er- about white knuckling it is like, for me, it continues into the next day. Um, I've, I've had people, you know, I've listened to other drinking coaches and they say, oh, you know, anytime I didn't have a drink, I, you know, I, I was always glad I didn't drink the next day. And I'm thinking, what planet did you, <laughs> what planet are you on? Because like the next day I was like, fuck yeah, I'm having a drink tonight. <laughs> You're like, I earned it. Like, well, and that's like I, the, if we underestimate our desire for something. Yeah. And then when we withhold desire for something that we want, if we withhold the thing that we want mm-hmm. and we don't let that desire dissipate or move or transfer, or just like allowing that urge to pass. It's like, it does become stronger because there's like even more, it's like what we can't have. We want even more. Yeah. Yeah, we just have to exactly. be honest with ourselves. Yeah. 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 And, and the can't have versus I'm choosing not to, I mean, it, it sounds like such a simple, like almost silly, but to me, it, that it's a game changer is saying I'm choo- I'm choosing not to have that. I absolutely can have that. I mean, like, I'd be like, if I want a drink, I can have one. And a lot of times I would just say, you know, if I, if I still want to drink tomorrow, I can have it tomorrow, but tonight I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, and then it's like, and kind of relax into that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is super helpful of like, you know, I'm just, I'm choosing not to drink. I absolutely can have a drink at any time, <laughs> but I'm just choosing not, not to. rebelling against ourselves. Yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting is allowing that urge to be like recognizing it in your body as like energy and frequency in your body that we're not ignoring or pushing away or stuffing down or like mm-hmm. holding back, but it's like, that's there. We're recognizing it. And when we can sit with it and it passes, it's like really asking the bigger questions of like, what actually am I desiring? What are those deeper parts of me that are yearning for what my brain thinks is the drink, the yeah. relaxing, the, or the relaxation, the relief, the sp- anti, like the break from anxiety, whatever it is, but it's really asking, how do I transfer the desire in my life? Like part Mm -hmm. of me is being just like playing smaller and just hyper-focused on the pleasures of the taste buds and, you know, 
dopamine hits. The, yes. The right now release yeah, the right yes. now versus what actually can I create with bigger pleasure? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up. I think this is so key favorite thing to talk about <laughs> because what, yeah, it's like, okay, do I want to spend like, what if you, you have, you know, like you can only experience so much desire at one time, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I guess you, maybe, maybe, the, desire. maybe, maybe the, the biggest, um, you know, crescendo of that is, you know, an orgasmic <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, and then that only lasts so long and then it's gone. But, um, so if you have, if you're going to spend your desire on something, you know, do you want to spend that desire on things that just get you something for that moment? Or what about the bigger picture of your life? And, and what do you really want to, like, I ask myself a lot of the times when I'm wanting a drink, I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it that I think this drink is going to do for me? And how, if there really isn't anything outside of me that I can't really just do for myself, you know, what is it that I really want? Mm. And how can I, how can I pacify myself in this moment? And how can I just learn to relax and enjoy my evening without that glass in my hand? Mm. What does that glass, cause that's outside of me. What is that really going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And, and I also look at, okay, how am I going to feel tomorrow? Um, how am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to feel tomorrow? Um, and how can I, and, and it's in ask sitting with those questions and developing that mental muscle of creating that for yourself. Um, you know, cause if you're, if we're always looking for something outside of us to make us feel better, like that's really only something that you can do for yourself. No, no one person or thing can do it for you. Um, we think we, we think it comes from outside of us, but does it really? Yeah. And that's actually such a great kind of segue into sex and Mm. just even just noticing the ways that we believe our partner fills our desire, like creating Mm. desire for us. And when the part, our partner isn't doing a good enough job, <laughs> do it like fill in our cup, either not <laughs> turning us on, not soothing us, not really relaxing us, not orgasming us, not being hot enough for us to be attracted to like they're doing it wrong. And we are, our desire is at the mercy of that. Yeah. So, okay. You just made me think of something that I wanted to talk about today. So what you just described there is beta energy. Mm. So when you're going into something, there's alpha energy and there's beta energy. So when you're going in, and especially when it comes to sex and when you're feeling sexy and vibrant and you're just, you're on fire and you're hot and people are looking at you and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling it. That's alpha energy. And when you're in the bedroom and you're like, oh, you know, and wanting your husband to do it for you, to bring that alpha energy, you're being beta, beta energy. Yeah. And when, you know, like a lot of times, like we're, um, as women, we're just taught these, you know, we, I think we're brought up with a lot of beta energy Mm -hmm. and we let men do the alpha, have the alpha role, but you know, does, 
when, when you think about human desire, you know, everyone, we all want the same thing, men and women. And, you know, do you want to have sex with someone who is like on fire and, yeah. <laughs> um, the alpha or, you know, the like passive, like, or do, do you want this the for me, turn me on? Yeah. Like, like that's how much of a turn on is that in the being in that beta energy thinking about, you know, so women, let's be the alpha in the bedroom. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> because the men are going to just, you know, your man is going to be like, I, you know, damn, you know, let's step it up. Yes. Well, and that's actually really interesting, which by the way, I have to say, um, I got a cat called this morning. <laughs> you did by another mom at preschool drop-off. Oh, I feel like I've made it in life. <laughs> This woman hung out the side of her car and was like, I don't know her. I don't know who this woman is. Love and it. she hung out and was like, woman, you are looking smoking hot. And I was like, my daughter, Amelia was like, what's that mean? I was like, it's a good thing. Let's just <laughs> say it's a good thing. I was like, oh, okay. I'm you have it. a cool mom. <laughs> totally. We got the alpha mom here today. But I think what you're saying is so interesting because same thing with like being sexy, getting attention, get, you know, we go into it thinking like the beta energy, like something outside of us has to turn us on. Yeah. Um, like my partner, the clothes, the activities, the money in my bank account, mm -hmm. the size of my jeans, mm -hmm. like that's, what's going to turn me on. And when we ask and tap into like, what actually turns me on, what do I want more of? Like, how can I tap my own desire? Because if most of my desire is getting channeled into food and wine and kind of like, I just like that instant gratification, instant hit of desire mm -hmm. versus how am I missing the bigger picture of what I'm actually desiring more of? And there's pain in that. Like if you're un untapped, then there's like pain yeah. and anxiety. There's lies yeah. you're telling yourself. So then you go and like salve it, like create the salve with the wine and the beer and the the like, Oh yeah. So true. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. Then, then we're you, then, then you're just using something as a crutch to make yourself feel better out of that bait to in beta energy, trying to, I don't know, just not even trying to get to alpha energy, just trying yeah. to put you're a like, bandaid like, on it. Yeah. It's like living at the effect of your life and the yeah. people around you versus like being the creator, the yeah. instigator, the igniter of your own life. And yeah, yeah. Cause thinking about it, I, that you just made me think of like, you know, there are times when like, I'm, I am full, I'm full in my life. I'm busy. I'm engaged. That's the word I'm looking for when you're engaged and you're not thinking about, I don't know, you're not thinking about your problems and you're not thinking about, I'm not thinking about food. I'm not thinking about drinking tonight. I'm mm -hmm. like in the moment and um, I'm, you know, on a Facebook live with <laughs> gorgeous Lydia <laughs> and like nothing else matters. I'm not thinking about any of those other things. Um, and so I think it's a matter of like, maybe when you're in that, in that energy of like looking for something outside you to, for that salve to feel better, you know, am I engaged here or not? How, how am I disengaged here? And I'm looking for something else to be the fix. Mm, yeah. And if I'm not engaged, why am I not engaged? Mm. And why is everything a problem? That's so good. If I'm not engaged, 
Yeah. Why? Why? Why am I not engaged? What's going on? Where's the disconnect? Yeah. Where is the disconnect? Because, you know, the, the food and alcohol is just not, I mean, it's a bandaid. It's going to, you're just going to feel, it really doesn't fulfill you're it's because you're not engaged and you're not getting that fulfillment from life and that high from life that when you do have that food, it's just amazing. And you're at, you know, it's like those times when you're at dinner and the lights are just set right and the mood's there and you're waited on and you just, um, you know, it's that I'm like, you're engaged there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not standing over the sink, eating your kids leftovers because you're like, this is all I got. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Hugging wine by yourself. Right. So being intentional about it and, um, like creating that, like if there's something you want to eat, like eat it, but maybe make, make it something special. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and notice when it's not serving you. Like I, I heard this, um, from another coach, she said, stop. What did she say? I should have written it down. Stop when, um, it'll come back to me, but it was something about stopping when you hit a certain feeling state Mm -hmm. and, um, when you're elegant, she used the word elegant. Okay. So think about when, when you're elegantly, I, I think that's the word she used elegantly full, something like that. So like elegantly full is not stuffed. It's not, that's not even the slightest bit uncomfortable. Right. I love that. First of all, I love the, (laughs) when we can play with language Mm -hmm. and to offer ourselves a different perspective of what's Mm -hmm. happening in our bodies. So to me, it's like, if the normal state of full is second helping, I can't put anything more in my face because it's so good. And I'm telling myself there's so much pleasure. I'm a pleasure seeker. I love all the flavors, but really it's, it's not actually in sync with what my body feels, even what I'm tasting. It's just like desire, desire, desire. And to think, all right, if I'm elegantly full, Mm -hmm. how, what's the pace at which I eat? What's Mm. the like way that I chew my food? How does Mm -hmm. it be? How does it like present on a plate to be elegantly plated, to be um, Mm. elegant in the way that I eat dessert in the way that I, you know, drink even an after drink like port or something, (laughs) but it's not, so it's not even so much exactly what the protocol is and what goes in and out of your diet, but just the, the how, and like, what's the energy behind it and the intention. Mm Because really, if like, this is a flip side of what, what you're doing right now. And I think there's like, I think you have to look at both sides. So you have, you, you've been this month been coming from like, I'm taking a break from this food. I'm taking a break from these things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a, like, that's a really needed and necessary thing to do because it does create awareness and it does, it gives you that opportunity to develop, to to develop the mental muscle of, and the emotional muscle of dealing with your cravings and dealing with urges. Um, but the flip side of it is once you are, once you know, you can deal with like that, you can go and not, you know, not consume something for 30 days or whatever it, the time frame is, and you have more control, 
then when you introduce something back in that you do want to eat, because maybe you're not just never, ever going to eat that again, then what if you could just always, what if there was nothing off, um, you know, off limits. Mm -hmm. And if you really did just eat what, what felt good and were able to stop. Yeah. Instead of continuing to eat. Yeah. Like the intentionality of like, if your life is really big and your food is just one part of it, it's not like anti-pleasure, but it's super intentional. It's as pleasurable as you can be in that moment, knowing that you are creating the pleasure you are creating the experience, not actually the bar of chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole picture. Yeah. So I would love, because I'll just say for anyone listening, Penny and I worked together and it was such a fun six months. Oh, and, we, yes. Um, we talked, you know, talked all about sex and pleasure and like, she's a freaking sex machine. I love her so much. <laughs> I'm always we, like, she is I, like a legit sex expert. I had some juicy stories to tell you. That was fun. (laughs) So I just think that, you know, when we can, I'd love to hear your perspective actually of how to bring intention to your food and like how that is the same that when you bring intention Mm, to to your sex life. Yeah. And beyond, right. Like not just with whatever, like I need to do those actions to make it better, but like Mm -hmm. your approach to more intentional sex. Yeah. Yeah. So my approach, um, to intentional food and drinking is, is literally to set and it. Like I've been thinking about it and it's like, um, and when I work with my clients, I have them set an intention before they're planning on having a drink or, you know, whatever it is they're going to do, but set an intention of like, okay, what is it that, what is it that I want from this? And how's it going to taste and how's it, how, how do I want to feel and really like solidify that whether in your mind or through journaling, um, before you even go into it. Ooh, it's like the foreplay of your Mm. plan. (laughs) Totally like prepping, priming. You're the prime that desire fluffing yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) A food fluffer. Yeah, <laughs> food and my wine brain fluffer. fluffer is in action. <laughs> totally. I love it. So um yeah, because then then you're really, you know, then you're so you're much less likely to go into what you're going to consume and check out. Mm. And you're you're able to really taste it and feel it and experience it. And, and I think it's the same as like, when you, when you go to a party and everybody's drinking, Mm -hmm. um, and pretty soon it's over and you're like, what even happened? And did I, did I enjoy myself? And you just kind of check out Mm -hmm. rather than being present with the, the people you're talking to and you can still be drinking, but like not checking out and actually, um, engaging, engaging. That was uh, checking back in engaging with and being present with the person and being curious. It's like, it's all that, uh, again, it's about curiosity and really truly being interested in what someone's saying. And then, and like wanting to know more about it. Um, 
and making that connection. Yeah. I mean, how is everybody listening here knowing, seeing the connection? (laughs) And I get a like snap clap here. We're going to engage. (laughs) Yeah. Like versus like, we're just going to have sex tonight. It's going to be like X, Y, and Z, or we're going to plan for it tomorrow morning and not really being like curious in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think in the, in the bedroom, um, I love sex. <laughs> My poor husband. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, did he's you like, know what you're getting into? <laughs> enough already. He's 10 years younger. He needs to keep up with me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, um, no, he's, he, he's great. He really does. He entertains all of my ideas. <laughs> so you know, for me, I do, I do like being in the moment. I mean, sometimes, um, I think we, I think we all get have patterns that we get into, and it's kind of like sex by numbers. <laughs> and it's like we do this, and then we do this, then we do this. But um, so then again, it's like it's being intentional when going into it. But for me, it's also, for me, it's being in the moment. Like I want to, a lot of times I think the tendency for, for women, and I know we've talked about this because I'm not your typical woman. I do not go into sex and check out. I don't want to get out of my body and check out and can't wait till this is done. I'm like, no, I want to slow time down. Mm -hmm. I love checking into my body and, you know, I'll be honest, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm at my heaviest weight I've ever been. And I'm like, in some ways I'm like, fuck it. I'm sexy as hell. It still feels good. And I know my body. Um, and there are times when I'm like, that's a little uncomfortable or I feel awkward. And I'm like, and I don't, I just step into it and, and like, I let my barriers down. I literally, I really do. And I think that's one thing. That's something that's just comes naturally for me. Um, so maybe like when you think about like, you know, have, because your clothes are off, some barriers come up and maybe just like, for me, it's, it's a figurative and a literal letting the barriers down. And I think it's just practicing doing that and just like being with yourself and being comfortable and like curves are sexy. Yeah. And your husband, your husband's getting what he wants. So, and you're the alpha. (laughs) And everyone wants the alpha. (laughs) Yeah. The top dog. Yeah. Okay. Any fun things from your chef expert brain? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Any things that you like to incorporate from like your, like all the senses, all of your, um, expertise, That's anything true. from the kitchen you bring into the bedroom? Well, okay. We talked about this a little bit, but the, um, you know, early on sex years, <laughs> yes, there were, there were, you know, it's, it's fun to experiment with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you might need, need to be careful with maybe messing up with, the flora and fauna down there, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, it, I think it can still be done, um, carefully, but for me, an easy thing to bring in is I love ice. I like cold and hot. And so, um, I'll have a glass of ice of water, ice water by my bed. And I like to take some ice in my mouth and then, 
and then, you know, you're, and, and it's, then you can, um, you know, delight with the ice yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, it feels really good when it's reciprocated too. <laughs> so, because you can, you know, the, the cold, the ice is so intense, but then your tongue is there to warm it up too. So that's, and fun. I just love that when we open up, when we go off menu, so to speak, <laughs> yes. sexually, yeah, and we yeah. think this is what we do. This is when we do it. These are the rules that we have. And especially when people are like, my sex life is really boring. I don't know how to spice it up. Like, it's not just like throw a bunch of actions in there, but when your mm-hmm. brain is like, I want to desire more. I want to open myself up and be more intentional, be more creative, be more curious and present. Mm -hmm. And it's like the options become more available to play off menu, to to go Mm -hmm. off roading, (laughs) so to speak, incorporate sensations, incorporate flavors, incorporate Mm -hmm. um, textures and temperatures. So Mm -hmm. whether it's ice or like we have this like warming arousal serum mm. and it's, it's a little spicy for me. I'm mm. like, um, <laughs> they're burning. I don't know, <laughs> but I think it's fun to still be like, Oh, that's a new sensation. Whereas my yeah. brain thought sex was X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And this is what we do. And when we have problems, we have to like talk it out, but sometimes you don't need to talk it out. You can actually let your bodies, like your brain opens up to curiosity and you can kind of discover more about each other without like beating a dead horse, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, it's sometimes sex is by numbers and sometimes it's more, you know, you have an opportunity to be more present and, um, and in your body and in the moment, I guess that's, that's just one thing. Like I might, I might have be intentional about sex, but I don't have like an intention of it's going to go this way, this way, and this way, like a rule book, right? It's more of, I'm going to be, I'm intentional and I'm going to be in the moment and like, maybe we'll try to nibble here or there. Yeah. (laughs) It's one thing I I like using teeth and, you know, it appropriately and, you know, in ways that your partner is going to appreciate, Mm -hmm. um, or even being smacked nicely on the ass, (laughs) barehanded, like it. And, and, and also for me, just even talking, you know, Mm -hmm. naughty talk. (laughs) Going off menu. It's like just noticing where you find yourself like desiring something else too. And if we do Mm -hmm. censor that, um, we can just wonder why, like, why am I censoring it? Why am I not allowing my imagination to go there and, or my actions to to explore those fantasies, explore the textures and, and, um, pressure and different. And I think like, that's why we just get to keep having these conversations because we know the pleasure of food and that's Mm -hmm. for women, especially can be very complicated because there's over desire for food, over desire for wine and alcohol and like the ways we block ourselves from our own desire. Mm -hmm. And when we start really exploring desire for ourselves. It's like, we can enhance the desire for what we're actually consuming and all the ways our bodies experience desire and pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Anything else? How can people get to like oh follow gosh. you and know you and love you and find more uh, of your like juicy goodness, Penny? Well, you know, the easiest way to find me is super simple. It's Penny Gamble Coaching on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Facebook and I have my business page there, my coaching page. So um, you can follow me there. You can, people can message me easily that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of see what my point of view is about alcohol and, um, and if it's, yeah, it's a great way to connect with me. So fun. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, these conversations are always really enlightening <laughs> and, um, I think I'm, I'm inspired. I'm excited to like, let's look at the ice cubes. Come (laughs) on, guys. (laughs) Let's go play. All right, Penny. I will talk to you soon. All right. As always. Been a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, I'd love to hear from you and know what pleasure topics you want to hear more about. Also, You're invited to join my free Facebook group and erotic book club, The Electric Ladies Lounge. And if you're curious about one-on-one coaching, book a consultation and see how pleasure coaching works and can transform your life.